and um, we'll go right into the lesson. First Thessalonians 2 and 12. The Bible says that ye walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. Uh, Paul here writes to the church at Thessalonica, and he wants them to know that uh, they had uh, set a holy example uh, before the church in Thessalonica. And uh, in verse 13, you see Paul says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when he received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men. Did you catch that? But as it is truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believed. And so Paul says, when they preach the word of God, that they did not hear it as coming from men, but as it came from the Lord. Shall we bow and shall we pray? Our God and our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for all that you do for us. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for Jesus who died on the cruel cross of Calvary that we might have eternal life. Father, we pray this morning that you would uh, remove all of distractions from our hearts that we may be able to zero in into your word, fellowshipping with one another, worshiping God who is the object of our worship in that of spirit and in truth. Father, we pray that you forgive us for our sins and our shortcomings of this life. We pray, Father God, that we remain faithful uh, to you uh, while we live and that when we die, we can hear you say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. For this is the prayer we offer in the mighty name of Jesus. Let us all say amen. amen. Now we have been uh, in what is uh, the theme uh, for uh, this year, which is Operation uh, 2020 Vision. But every month, remember that we made mention that every month uh, we're going to have sub-themes. And uh, this month is Operation Seek God First. So all of the lessons that we do uh, on this month is going to uh, deal with seeking God first. Now, before we get into uh, uh, the sub-themes, hey, remember we made mention last week that uh, it is imperative for you to put God first, put him first. You cannot seek what you cannot see. And the Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, seek ye what? First, the kingdom. Now, you cannot seek what you cannot see. And so that's why you must put God first. You must put him in your life, put him in your family, put him in your marriage, and when you put place and position God, then you can see God, and what you see is what you can seek or what you can pursue. And so we must put God first. God is not going to be first in our life until we actually, literally put him first in our life. God will not force himself into your life. You have to what? Allow God into your life or be willing that God may God guide and lead your life. Now, so God must be first in our life. Seek ye first the kingdom and his what? 
righteousness or the very righteous acts of God is what God wants us to do. And then God says that when you seek the kingdom or the powers that God reigns over, when you seek the kingdom and his righteousness to live right, God says all these things shall what? Be. You don't have to go get it. God says he's going to add it. Remember last week we talked about the information, the illustration, and then God presents us with an invitation. Well, the illustrations was the fowls of the air. They don't have a job. They don't work. Remember uh, the flowers that God puts up here. They don't clothe themselves. In other words, God says, just like I take care of them and even more than them because you are more than flowers and you are more than the birds of the air. But God says, just like I take care of them, I will make sure I will take care of you. So that's trust. That's, that's trust. And trust is, is, that doesn't come easy. Uh, trust doesn't come easy. I know, I know we may be Christians, and you may say what you want, but trust don't come easy. And um, you, you, you have to learn how to trust God. You have to be taught how to trust God, and you have to take God at his word. It's, trusting is not easy. It's, uh, it's, it's not easy trusting. trusting. So, so, so God wants us to rely on him and what? And depend on him. I want to uh, go more in detail on this thing. Let's Let's put the subject on the screen this morning uh, that we may take a look at this. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom, right? And, uh, and his righteousness. But, but what does that mean to put God first? You know, Christians at Hollywood, put God first. Seek God first. Well, what is that? Matthew 22 and verse 37, Matthew 22 and verse 37, Matthew 22 and verse 37, uh, watch this here. Matthew 22 and verse number 37, 37, watch this here. Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord, what? Love the Lord thy God with all thy what? <laughs> And with all thy soul, and with all thy what? With all your mind. Now, I'm going to bust somebody's bubble this morning, but this is impossible to do as a natural man. What this verse literally means is to love God with every part of your being. The natural man cannot love God all of his heart and all of his soul and all of his mind at the same time. You cannot love God with all of your being all the time. If you can love God with all of your being all the time, you would be like Jesus. You don't even love your spouse all the time with all of your being because you would be 
you would be perfect. Nobody can do that in the natural. Only Jesus was able to love God with all of his makeup all the time. If that would not be true, you and I would not sin. Because you would be loving God with all of your being, all of your fibers, all of the time. And nobody can do that except he be Jesus. But in Christ, but in Christ, when God sees you with all your faults, then he sees you through the faultless Jesus, the Christ. A natural man cannot do this. Only individuals who are in Christ can do this. The Bible says all spiritual blessings are where? In Christ. Salvation is where? In Christ. Everything is what? In Christ. If you want to be righteous, you have to be what? In Christ. If you want to be holy, you have to be what? In Christ. No one can be righteous, justified, redeemed, and holy at the same time worshiping God with all of his beam and not be Jesus. You must be in Christ. Husbands, when you're not, when you're not the best that you can be, you can be the best you can be in Christ. Wives, when you're not the best you can be, you can be your best in Christ. Outside of Christ, I don't care on your best day. On your best day, you still come up short. And what we do, and what we do is this. We, we say, uh, we try to put it in some chronological order, right? What do we do? We say, uh, we say God first. Y'all know how we do. God first. Uh, uh, the home second. Work third. Y'all know how we chronologize that thing. Or to be more formal, you say faith first, family, finances, right? That don't make no sense. No, no, no. I want you to think about that. That doesn't even make sense. If you're going to seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, but you're going to chronologize your life. That don't even make sense. God first, family second, work third. That's not what the Bible is teaching. Everything is as though it be one thing. Seek God first and his righteousness. If God is first, where's your family in there? Where's the work in there? Because he only talks about seeking God first and the righteous acts of God. What you need to understand is you cannot separate Seeking God first. And you put him over here. This is God. I'm going to seek him first. This is my family. I'm going to seek them second. This is work. I'm going to seek it third. That's not, that's not what God is saying. Everything God must be first in. Your family, he must be first in. Your work. He must be first in. Your marriage, he must be first in. Let me put this back because I know some of you want an opportunity to give. And, uh, and I don't want to mess with that uh, on today. So I'm going to be sure to put this back in its proper place that you may have. Your, uh, you can't wait to give. 
And uh, it's not, you see that? I need to put it in the right because I know this side want to give just as much as that side. So we going to leave. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Putting God first is not just separating. It all goes together. It, it all goes together. When, when you're on your job, when you, you know, don't think of yourself on the job. Don't, don't think of yourself on the job. Don't, don't think of your superiors on the job. Don't, don't think about them. On the job, you think about who? God. How can I be pleasing to God on my job? What? Today. That's putting God first. Because now you are prioritizing in your life. How do I? What does that mean? To seek God first and to put God first. One of the things we do in the church abroad is uh, we give a lot of directives and we give a lot of instructions in the church, but, but we don't make a lot of things applicable to the lives of people. I remember when I was coming up, I don't know if been, y'all been in church a long time, 30, 30 something years, and uh, I would hear a lot of commands being thrown out there, but they wouldn't tell us how to do the thing. They would say, be holy. All right, what, is, what, is that, what, what does that mean? What does that look like? How can I be holy? Be, 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 be this. But okay, I understand what I have to do. Now, how does that look to me? How do I apply that in my life day by day by day in my house, in my marriage, around my parents, around my friends, uh, with a, when I'm out of the house, when I'm at church? How do I do this thing? How does that look? And I'm telling you, every part of your life, God must be first in. Every part of your life. Well, let's look at point number one, and uh, we'll give you uh, these things, and it'll be yours today. In, in finances. Now, I started off with, the, with this one because that's one of the hardest ones. Say amen when you can. <laughs> this is one of the hardest ones for people. Especially among us, finances. You start talking about finances, folks start they start frowning. When they ought to be they ought to be smiling. This is this is how God gonna bless you. This is one aspect how God gonna bless you. And people don't really understand that. I told you not long ago. This is the greatest investment you can make. It's when you give to God. You're not giving to me. You're not giving to brother here. You're not giving to brother Kemp. You're giving to God. It's God's money. Matter of fact, before you even get it in your hand, it belongs to Him already. That's what we don't understand. It belongs to God, man. It's, it's God's money. Your job is to money manage it. That's what God wants you to manage it, and some of us can't manage well. God gives it to you. You are steward over the monies that belongs to God. Be careful what you do. And that's why over in Malachi, he says, would a man rob God? How can he rob somebody when it don't belong to him? The reason why God says, will a man rob God? Because the money that you have and the fruits that they gave and the grains that they gave all belong to God. In your finances. You know, when you get your finances, do you take something out of there? Right from the jump and say, you know, this is God's. Now, it's already his, right? It's already his. I mean, it's already his. God is sitting back and saying, I want to, let me see what he's going to do with, with my money. Will he steal it? Will a man rob God? And God don't need your money. Heaven don't operate on money, on these dollar bills. It don't operate on currency. It don't, 
that's not going to do nothing for God. But God wants you to know everything on the earth belongs to him. Everything he's given you belongs to him. And so God wants you to show appreciation and thanksgiving in that when that tray comes around and when we go to 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7 and when we use other scriptures to try to teach and show that it is the people of God's job, duty, and command to support the work of the church, then we understand that God wants us to do something every Lord's day. When you give, you know God will give it back to you. You, you, you know, some people don't really understand that. And, and, and I, I, I challenge anybody this morning, anybody this morning, give to God and watch God give back to you. I, I'm, I'm serious about what I'm saying. Give to God and watch God give it back to you more than what you gave to him. And, and it is a law that God has put in place. It's a law of sowing and reaping. Y'all, that works for everything. If you sow a seed, what? You'll get a plant, a tree, or whatever the thing might be. What you sow is that what you're going to what? You're going to reap it. And so the same thing with finances, the same thing with love, the same thing with kindness. It's not always about money. Sometimes you have to sow some love to somebody else. And what you sow, God is going to make sure one day it's going to reap. When you go to Matthew chapter 5, he talks about uh, blessed are those who are merciful for you shall opt. Plant a little mercy in somebody, God will come back and give you some mercy. Everybody needs mercy. All I'm saying is the law. Laws don't change when God put them in place. They don't change. It's a law of sowing and reaping. So finances. Try it. Give God. And you know, don't don't just don't try to, you know, don't, don't, don't try to, and I mean people, I don't know what, don't try to pull a wool over God's eyes. Like God don't know what you got in your right pocket. You know, well, man, I ain't got no money in my pocket. You might have it in your wallet, though, in your car. It might be in the bank. Huh? I, I don't have nothing on me. Well, can you go get it? <laughs> huh? You know how we do. I ain't got nothing on me, man. I can't help you. You might not have it on you, but that bank is holding it for you. You know how we shuck and jive. Don't shuck and jive God because God will put some holes in your pocket. Oh, y'all don't, don't hear me. God will put some holes in your pocket. You can get a big check, and somebody's going to be reaching for that check. You can get a big check, and have your car break down, and you got to take it to the service station, and you thought you were going to the mall of Louisiana. God will put some holes in your pocket. Y'all don't hear me. He'll put some holes in your pocket. All four of your tires flat. Your transmission went out. Your motor gave out. Your motor knocking. <laughs> huh? Your radiator's busted. I'm telling you, God will put, God will put some, don't you rob God. Don't you rob God. He'll put some holes in them pockets. Point number two. Watch this here. Your interests. Before you take up some hobbies, recreations, and activities, talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Because everything you do, we're talking about putting God first. Everything you do, it, it deals with God. I mean, everything you do, it deals with God. That's what it means to be, to put him first. 
I, I've got to go to him. You know, I want to I wanna do this. You know, I want to be a part of that. Well, hmm, I, I don't know. Let me check with God and see. Will he approve what I want to be a part of? It, it might not be approved by God. You know, it, it might take too much of your time where you don't have time to spend with your family. And some of y'all, some of y'all, some of y'all, I'm telling you, some of y'all are doing it wrong. Amen, somebody. You sacrifice your house for money. You will never, ever be able to get years back again. Or you might bring a lot of money in the house, but you don't spend no time with your folk. And when you don't spend no time with your folk, you sacrifice them. You put them on the altar of the world. You sacrifice them for, for money. You know, money, money, money is like Red Bull. It'll fly away. Oh, yes, it will. I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> how much money done come through my hands? Since I was 21 on, and I mean a whole lot. And I'm telling you, your money will take wings. It'll fly. Y'all act like y'all don't know. I'm telling you, you could be happy. Ooh, I got a lot. And then, boy, before you know it, <laughs> you like good while it lasted. Huh? Your interest, you need to talk to God about it. Will this be beneficial to my spiritual life? Will it be beneficial to my family life? Will it be beneficial to my marriage? Will do, doing whatever it is, can I do this and not affect who I am? You cannot put your Christianity on on Sunday and then take it off o'clock on Sunday night. No, no, no. It, it's with you all of the time. This is who we are. I sure enough thought we were going to get an amen right there. This is who we are. We follow Christ. We follow God each and every day, every day in our lives. Point number three. Watch this here. Point three, in your schedule. In your schedule. You know some of y'all schedule. God ain't nowhere on there. You, know, you pull out your Rolodex. <laughs> you, got, you got the gym before God. Amen, somebody. You got breakfast before God. Somebody said, Brother Bill, you got to eat. Yeah, but you got to pray too. Everything comes before God. Listen, you ought to lay down with God and you ought to get up with God. You ought to rest in the peace of God when you sleep at night. Do you rest in the peace of God at night or do you scratch your head and you're worrying all through the night? Huh? Have you ever worried through the night because there was something that you thought was too big for you to handle? And all you have to do is just turn it over to the Lord and say, I'm going to just go to sleep. And Lord, whatever happens, you got this thing, man. Whatever takes place, all things work together for my good. If it doesn't go the way I want it to go, fine. If it goes sour, it goes sour. God can deal with you and work with you in evil, sour situations. So what if it's sour? You know, we think, you know, we want to live a perfect life every day. We don't want nothing to go wrong every day. We don't want nothing to go wrong in the house, in our relationships, on the job, you know, at the supermarket. Everywhere we go, we want it to be a what? A perfect life. I stopped by today to tell you, it ain't going to happen like that. Sometimes you and your wife, your spouse, you and your husband, y'all going to fuss and fuss and fuss. Y'all going to have a little fussy fussy that morning. Amen, somebody. Ain't nothing wrong with a little fussy fussy every once in a while. It lets you know that you are human. You're going to go to the job. Something's going to go wrong on the job. So what? It went wrong. Something's going to go wrong down the street. So what? It went wrong. 
we act like because something goes wrong, we are wrong. And sometimes we almost make it because of our attitudes, we make it look like God is wrong. Look, man, we don't live in a perfect world. And so things are not going to be perfect. So what if you wake up tomorrow morning and two tires is on a flat? Take out that fire stone. Come on now, just take out that fire stone card. Drive, all right, you ain't going to be the drive. You, you're going to have to get somebody to go take you to get some tires and, and do all that kind of stuff. Go get you some tires, man. The TV and fell off the wall. <laughs> Don't cry about it. Just <laughs> sweep it up, pick it up, throw it in the trash, go to Best Buy or to Walmart, amen, and what? Get yourself another TV. Call somebody, they'll put that thing back up on that wall. You got in an argument with somebody that morning? Don't let it ruin your whole day because you got in an argument. You got in an argument, fine, the argument is done. Don't carry it with you all through the day. It's over. Hey, what's up, baby? I love you. You know, I didn't mean nothing about that. Go about your business. Don't let stuff sit. When it sits, you become bitter. Your heart becomes hard. Then you become enemies. Talk to God about your schedule. Put him in your schedule. When you wake up in the morning, when you know you're up on this time side of life and it don't look like the other side and you know you're still here, say, thank you, Jesus. You, you might not have a long, long prayer. You know, some people pray long prayers, you know. Our Father. Lord in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Then some go to hell, Mary, full of grace, Lord, as we deep, blessed art thou, the son of our Jesus. I mean, look, look, you ain't got to do all of that. Thank you, Lord, you woke me up this morning. Be with me, you know I need you. It's not so much about the other people. You know when I get started, you know how I can be. Why we always try to put it on the other folk? You know y'all got some stuff in y'all that you don't want to come out, out of there. Be with me today. Let's go to point four. Relationships. Relationships. In your relationships. Now this one here is very important because uh, a lot of people lose relationships because somebody didn't want to do what God wanted to say you, you do. Let's be honest about it. You got a choice, I got a choice. God say you walk by this rule. I say, well, Lord, you know, okay. I got a choice to say yes or I got a choice to say no, right? That's your choice. God give you a choice. God said, here, walk the line. And you like, God put you on that line. You can say, yes, I will, or you can say, no, I won't. And a lot of people in relationships have told God, as I said, God is first in everything, even in relationships. They have said, I'm not going to walk the line. So they're not satisfied with one husband. They want a side piece. Not satisfied with one wife. They want a side piece. My point is this. Is you get what? God said walk the line. You got a choice. I'm going to walk. No, I'm going to. It's, it's your choice. God is not going to force it on you. It's whatever you want to do. God says if you want to live like that, fine. Go on and just live. And God will watch you live like that. Sometimes he watch you live like that until you're 70 years old. Sometimes he watch you live like that till you're 80 years old or not. And I like how God does it. 
God will watch you. God will let you live sometime to be old. And then God, uh, then God will torment your mind on what you did when you was 20 and when you was 30 and when you was 40 and, yes, when you were 50 and even some in their 60s. And then God, then God will slow you down. Thank God. He's, thank God for, 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 for getting old. Thank God you can get old. Because if some people never got old, they would have never changed. It'll slow you down. Yeah, it'll slow you down. And, and, and your relationship, God got to be first in your relationship. God got to be first in your marriage. Every decision you make in your marriage, whether it's small or large, God got to be first in that. How you treat the other person, God has to be in that. You, you know, you, you got to say to yourself, you know, you know, if I mistreat him or her, then I'm mistreating God. And I don't think we understand that. When you mistreat, and I know we, we separate God. I'm telling you, we separate him. We, we say, well, that's God's business here, and this is my business there. No, 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 you can't do that when you're a Christian. It's, it's in the same pot. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a spiritual gumbo. <laughs> you was on page. It's like a spiritual gumbo. It's everything in the same pot. God says, uh-uh. He said, you cannot treat, mistreat him or her or them and then think that I'm satisfied or pleased on this side. God says, no. He says, you got to seek me first in everything. I must be, I must reign, rule in everything in your life. And so in your relationship, how you treat your wife, how you treat your husband, how you treat your children. All of that, you got to put God first in all of those things. How you treat your friends. How you, let, let me say this now. I didn't have it in here, but, 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 but here we go. Can I say this? Listen, when you're dating somebody, all right, you got it? When you're dating somebody, when you reach 25, there are some things that just brings you to a period. There are some things you shouldn't do no more. Hello, somebody. Because you should have grown. You should have learned. If you still, if you're 30 and still doing the stuff you were 21, you ain't growing. You ain't learning. A 25-year-old should not be living like an 18-year-old. A 45-year-old should not be living like a 21-year-old. When you reach a certain age, there's a period that must be in your life. Let me say this about this dating business. You don't date when you're over 25 just to date. I want you to think. Think about this. Ain't nobody, well, let me say that because they got some folk that can't. Listen, for a lot of people, you cannot date and abstain from sex. Well, I wish I had a church in here. They're not going to try to help me. How you going to be 25, 30, single, dating Sue, Manny, uh, 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 Jane, and, uh, and John, and and, and you go from one relationship to the other one, and, and you're not having no sex. 
Y'all ain't got to say amen. It's right anyhow. Because the proof is in the pudding. What's my point? When you get over the age of 25, when you're in the Lord, you should have aim and goals in relationships. You're not looking for another hit with somebody. You're looking for a mate. We need to tell people that in the church. You're not, you're not to date him, her, and him. Your job is to settle within your spiritual life and say, here's what I'm aiming for. I want a husband. I want a wife. Somebody who I can lay down with and is legal. Ooh, let me get back over here. I can say more, but let me just in relationship. In relationship, and I'm telling you, 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 19, you, 20, you, 21, but I'm, 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 I'm telling you, listen, this is some, this is hard. I don't care nobody say coming up here talking about I pray, I do all that stuff. Man, you human. Don't come up here trying to pull that stuff with me. You ain't gonna, you ain't gonna bypass. No, 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 no. You're a human being. Let me tell you something. The best thing you can do is First Corinthians chapter seven. If you're burning, get yourself married. That's why Paul said, that's the number one reason why Paul said that to the folk in Corinth. Why? Because Paul knew that they could not abstain from sex. They were sex infested in Corinth. Matter of fact, in Corinth, it was said that they would go to the temples. They, their bodies had become disfigured because there were so many STDs floating around Corinth. Dude, I, I said their bodies became disfigured. They were walking, uh, they were in clinics every day because their bodies were filled with infections. Because they didn't just have female prostitutes, they had male prostitutes in the temple. And they were sleeping with each other, men with women, women with women, men with men, and back and forth, forth and back, and their bodies Come so much filled with STDs that they were disfigured. Some of us are spiritually disfigured. And all I'm saying, look, if that's your problem, because everybody, that's not everybody's problem. You got another problem. But I'm just saying, if that's your problem, park your car somewhere and say, I need to start looking for somebody to become my spiritual mate. And let me live the rest of my life with somebody who God approves of and who is going to benefit me as a person in this life and who's going to put up with my old snobbish, stinky ways and stinking attitude. That's what's going to happen. Relationships. God got to be first in your relationship. And if it wouldn't be for God in relationships, if it wouldn't be for God in relationships, <laughs> some of us wouldn't be married today. Come on up in here, tell the truth. Huh? <laughs> you wouldn't be married today if it had not been for God. Let's close out number five. God needs to be first in your troubles. 
person your troubles. And there, there are all kinds of troubles. <laughs> there are health troubles, relationship troubles, family financial troubles, car troubles, mortgage troubles, troubles. And troubles will trouble you. And, and the first thing, when trouble hits you, the first thing you ought to do, you ought to talk to God about it. That's the first thing you ought to do. Trouble comes flying your way like a bad buzzard. You need, to, you need to talk to God. You need to say, you need to say, Lord, be with me. I'm going inside here. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I know it's bad, but, but be with me. Prayer should be the first thing that we do and not the last resort. It ought to be first. Prayer ought to be first. And I, and I told you, it's not, it's not the length of your prayer, it's the, it's the strength. You don't have to be talking about praying no long, long prayer. God answered God answer some short prayers too. And Peter was sinking. He said, Lord, save me. Lord, save him. You ain't got to pray no, no heavy prayer. You don't need no hour prayer. But talk to him about it. Get God involved in your life. Tell him about it. Tell, when, when you talk to God, you are telling God, I trust you enough. To give it to you and to know that I can rely God is going to take care of me in this situation or this circumstance. I don't have nothing to worry about. I can talk to him about it. And that's the kind of life we must live. When trouble strikes, we give it to God. When trouble strikes, we give it to God. We turn over to God and we continually, what? Live our lives. Don't, don't stop going to work because trouble comes. Get up. Get dressed. Put your smell good on. Get in your car, drive to work, trouble free, because you already gave it to God. You ain't got to worry about that. Don't stop. Don't let the world stop you because trouble hits. No, no, no. You, you, you move through trouble. Don't, don't, don't stop through trouble. You, you move through trouble. Remember the story as we close. We shared with us probably about three, four years ago. And uh, about the fellow who was driving his father. He was driving his father. And uh, they ran into a rainstorm. And they were in the rainstorm, and the son was driving dad, and dad was in the back seat. And the son told dad, he said, Dad, do you want me to pull over? He says, no, son, just, just keep, keep going. Went a little further, the rain was just pouring. He said, Dad, do you want me to, do you want me to pull over? He said, no, son, just, just keep going. And he got in the thick of things, it was raining cats and dogs, and and he said, Dad, he says, he says, he says, look, he said, he said, you want me to pull over now? He said, no, son. He said, he said, keep going. And then they continued to drive, and they were driving and driving until they came and drove themselves out of the storm. And the dad said to the son, he says, son, he says, he said, I want you to pull over. Pull over, and they got out of the car, and he walked to the back of the car with his son. And he says, son, he says, I want you to look Look back there. He said, you see all those cars back there that, are, that have stopped? He said, they're stuck in the storm. He says, when the storm comes, he says, you just, you just keep going. <laughs> you, you, the, Lord will, the Lord will bless us to, to keep going in a storm. I know you might be in a storm, but, but don't stop. Just, just, just keep going. Now, I know you might be in a storm, but, but walk by faith and not by sight. I know you might be in a storm, but the just shall live by faith. You just keep on, uh, keeping on, uh, regardless of what you're going through, regardless of what you're in, just keep on going, uh, and the Lord will see you through.
He'll see you through. You don't have to worry about the storm. Let the storm come. That's not, let it come. Let it come. But just keep moving through the storm. If you're not a child of the living God, you come by hearing his word, believing the same, repenting of sins, confessing Christ, putting them on in water baptism for the remission of your sins. Believe that Jesus died. Believe he was buried. Believe he rose again. Believe those things. Believe he'll add you to the house of God. Believe he'll add you to the family of God. Believe he'll add you to the church that his son built. You'll be a part of the family of God. You can start all over. Don't, don't fight the gospel. Don't, don't fight baptism. Don't, don't fight God's way. Just say, I'm going to give in to God. And when you do it God's way, you know you've done it the right way. So whether it be baptism today, you say, I'm coming to God and I'm not letting anything stand in my way. All of you have been living in sin, you say, look, I have sinned. I have the church to pray for. Or you may be dealing with something. Maybe you're dealing with some conflict, some struggle that only God and you know. You say, look, church, pray for me. We don't need you to go into no details. Don't tell us what God is. Just tell it, pray for me. Guess what? God already knows. And don't tell nobody. He already got it. Trust him. Trust him. And your life will be much, much better. As together we stand and together we sing the invitation song, why don't you come? Why don't you come?